Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars make it three wins in a row and now get set for senior day. The head coach of the Cougars is with us. So, too, is senior wide receiver Talon Shumway as BYU Football with Kalani Sitake starts now. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar football fans. Welcome back inside Studio C at BYU TV. Great crowd here for another weekly episode of the Sitake Show, your weekly look inside the BYU football program. Join the conversation, as always, by submitting questions for tonight's guests, including Kalani, on Twitter using hashtag Sitake Show, as well as Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts there. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we recap the Cougars' weekend win over Liberty. We preview BYU's Saturday Senior Day meeting with Idaho State. We've got Q&A with the coach and our in-depth Deep Blue feature profile senior DB Austin Lee. And our in-studio player guest tonight is Talon Shumway. And to get tonight's broadcast underway, the man with his name and the title of this show is the head coach of your BYU Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Doing. Good to see you. Yeah. Greg. Here we go. Good to see everybody. How you doing? All right. Happy group. Get, yeah. Gets happier after wins, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> We're all happier after wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's make it four. Okay. See how it goes. So the last time BYU did win uh, three games in a row in the same season was late in the 2016 season. I know you're in one game at a time mode, but you've won three one games at a time. So you should be proud about that, at least, right? Yeah, that was, and I, I've been really pleased with the way our coaches, assistant coaches, and the, uh, you know, the players have been working together, and it's been going really well. I mean, we've had to uh, switch some things around with, with players and injuries and things like that, but I thought for the most part our guys have done an amazing job, and uh, the leadership on the team has been really good. So um, can't complain about it. Just keep it rolling, keep the momentum going. We still have some games to go, but to this point, has the season felt stretched out, or has it sped by for you? Football, go, the season goes by so quickly for me, you know, and, and um, it seems like and even the shows, we're doing the shows um, every, every week, and it seems like they just keep coming. I can't believe we're getting to, towards the end of it. But, um, yeah, and then as we go through this week, is the last, last game for the seniors in Lavelle Stadium, and, um, you know, everyone's just kind of, you kind of you weren't thinking about it a few weeks ago, and now it's, it's here, you know. It's so you. Yeah. Uh, just really excited to get this going and, and, and uh, try to send the seniors out the right way. Well, to get our show underway, let's take a look back at the weekend win over Liberty at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU and Liberty first ever meeting between these two FBS independents, fellow independents. Liberty got the ball first and scored first. And that's tight end Zach Fouts with the first of two touchdowns for him. BYU first time they got the ball, scored Again, so that's three straight games, Kalan. You've scored an opening drive touchdown, and Micah Simon helps to set it up. Yeah, I mean, that did good timing and great ball by Baylor, and then this nice uh, screenplay that to, to Micah to punch it in, you know. So I, I was really pleased with the way the offense took the field. BYU took a 10-7 lead on a Jake Oldroyd field goal. A little double throw action. Simon caught a pass. Now Simon throws a pass. Matt Bushman takes care of the rest. Yeah, and Matt makes it like a fingertip grab, so I wish he'd just catch it easier next time. But uh, those guys, that they've been practicing that, and it worked out really well. Good third-quarter drive going until uh, there's a fumble at the end of the drive. Liberty would uh, score a field goal to make it 17-10. to 10. And Then a nice play here on a fourth and two, Kalani. 
Yeah, just uh, the players really wanted it and felt like we had a good play. Um, we took a timeout just to make sure that we were making the right decision and uh, felt really good about that play. Michael with a great block on, on the level uh, touchdown. Then Antonio Gandy-Golden got going for a touchdown, makes it 24-17. to He'll reverse double flea flicker, gets tried, and uh, turnover number two for BYU on this night. Yeah, probably not a wise decision from Baylor to throw it in, into coverage. They, they obviously were waiting on that and uh, just throw the ball away and we'll just uh, keep playing. Baylor Romney would find Moroni Laulu Pututau to restore BYU's two-score lead. Moroni with the catch, and BYU's up 31-17. to BYU scored now in every quarter, Kalani, in two straight games. Yeah, and, and then just keep scoring a lot of points, and this was an unfortunate you know, drive here. I think uh, we had some, a lot of mistakes there, and um, you know, I, the fake field goal we thought was there. The, uh, I think it was kind of a low snap, so the timing was a little off, but uh, like being aggressive, and I, I actually like the call when we, we, we thought about doing it. Final play of the game, Isaiah Kafusi making sure Antonio Gandy-Golden <laughs> would haul in that fourth down pass, and that's how the game ended, as BYU wins it by a score of 31-24. to 24. Both teams put up some numbers, and you knew going in, Kalani, that uh, Liberty had a good group. I mean, just Calvert and Gandy-Golden, those two guys alone are enough to put up some numbers. Yeah, and they've played a lot of football, you know, so you're looking at... Um, Candy Golden, he was number two in the country in receiving yards, and, and uh, you know Buckshot Calvert, that, that guy's played a lot of games, and, and he's been fishing. He's only thrown three three interceptions all all season long, so uh, they were really careful with the ball. I thought they had good ball security. They they, they beat us in the turnover margin, and you know I don't think we played uh, that great, but I mean we played well enough to win the game, and our guys made plays, and we made we made some mistakes, but I, I thought the guys played really hard and. We're able to still come out with a win, and that's a, that's a good positive thing for us. So Baylor Romney went all the way uh, for you. He's now played in four games, two as a starter and two as a reliever. And from that first appearance at uh, South Florida to the present day, you just kind of see him really evolve and, and develop and, and basically play winning football for you. Yeah, he's always uh, seemed like he's been comfortable on the field and, and in the pocket and, and obviously running uh, option, I mean, you know, option uh, runs and and making the throws that he's done. So it's not like the, the moment has been too big for him. He's really poised and, and he's getting better every every time he gets on the field. And that's, uh, like I said, he's been always a hard worker. So I've been really pleased with the way he works and the way that whole group works together. And, and the, you know, we feel like any quarterback could take the field and get us some wins. Baylor was very good on Saturday. He wasn't the only guy, though, uh, with a touchdown pass. We saw uh, the former high school quarterback, Micah Simon, <laughs> for a second straight game uh, getting to throw a pass and complete a pass. And this was that 44-yard uh, score. We're going to take a look at it uh, one more time here. And again, Micah takes a pretty good hit on this, too, as he, uh, as he makes the pass. Maybe a little shy to Matt, but he makes the fingertip grab and, uh, and takes it in. And that's two straight games that uh, Micah has tossed it. Last time he threw was against Utah State, and he threw to Baylor, I think. And now he goes to Bushman for the touchdown. Here's what uh, Micah had to say when he kind of broke down the play in a little more detail this week. Screen, double throw, Simon down, throw downfield. Bushman makes the catch. 10, 15, 10, he's our cool so yeah, we just had another one of our special plays that we've been working on this season. This is actually the same play we ran um, last season against Wisconsin when Aleva threw the ball to Moroni for the touchdown. We felt that it was time to, to bring it back out. Yeah, we just had a lot of pre-snap motions going on, trying to confuse Liberty's defense. And then we had another you know, jet sweep to fake to Aleva. And then Matt Bushman gave a great fake to sell the block. Yeah, he was able to get behind the defense, and I was able to 
put the ball at least close enough to him for him to make the catch. Next time I'll, I'll throw a better pass. But yeah, I got I got hit pretty pretty good on the pass. I thought it was roughing the passer, but it's all good. We scored the touchdown, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Always great to hear from Micah. Yeah, that would have been too roughing the passer uh, on his on both his throws. So. Yeah. Uh, if he gets hit every time he throws, then we better not let him throw the ball too often. Because, <laughs> I mean, that, that was a, a hard shot. But, uh, you know, those guys will do whatever it takes to, to sacrifice for the team. And, and uh, that was a great play. They worked on it and executed really well. Coach Grimes was saying that uh, Mike is pretty proud of his career passer rating at this point. Yeah, he might retire just so he can <laughs> say he's the best um, passer in BYU history. Who can say that, you know, with his rating? You talked about it a bit earlier. Uh, BYU wins a game against Liberty while minus in the margin. Uh, no takeaways against Liberty. Uh, that snaps a four-game positive turnover margin win streak for you. You've had a takeaway in every game since the Utah game. None in this game, but you're still a top 15 team in takeaways on the year. Yeah, and then we had some opportunities where we thought we could have got, got some turnovers, and, and uh, I thought that the quarterback did, did a great job of being really safe with the throws, and it's pretty obvious that they, they knew they wanted to take care of the football. They were, uh, even even with uh, ball security, they were really two hands on the ball the entire time. And, uh, you know, that we just didn't do enough disruptive plays and enough um, things up front to, to, to find a way to get, get some turnovers. But uh, more than anything, I, I was just really pleased with how the whole team played and that uh, we were able to still win. I mean, I, I don't want to diminish anything that Liberty did because uh, I thought they played an excellent game. They had a great game plan and they they executed their game plan and try to... Um, you know, what they're doing with the tempo and things like that and then minimizing our opportunities on the field. But uh, I thought it was a really cool game, and, and the guys uh, competed hard, and then we were able to get the win. That, that's all that matters. What do you want to say about the general sportsmanlike tone of the game and or the two programs kind of having some maybe commonalities that showed up either before or after? Yeah, I think um, it's, been, it's been kind of put out, state, the statement out there is that B, uh, Liberty wanted to be what, what BYU has done for their religion, you know, so... They wanted. To, they wanted. To, this was a big time game for them. It's a vision of their founder, of, of wanting to have this competition against BYU and and the teams like BYU and Notre Dame. He mentioned specifically, and so uh, I think that we already knew that they have an honor code. That they they're a religious based a program as well. And and um, when we played the game, we we kind of knew that there was going to be sportsmanship because we watched them play uh, throughout the whole year, and then them have the example of sportsmanship in class on the field and. They saw the same thing from us, and you know, Hugh Freeze said to me before the game that this is going to be a good, good, uh, a good battle and, and physical and, and violent at times, but there'll be a lot of mutual respect and and um, and cl- sportsmanship and class, and, and 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 it was that was the way it was. Even after after the game, we met each other at, at midfield, and he said the same thing. What a great uh, honor it was for us to be in this in this moment in history. So uh, then, you know, we had a word of prayer in the, in the middle of the field with both teams, and. That was a really cool experience, you know, and, and that, that's something that we're familiar with them, they're familiar with us, and uh, probably looking forward to more football games against them. I know we play them in a couple of years, but... 2022, I think, mm-hmm. is the same. And, yeah. you know, the, I think they belong in, in the FBS uh, category, and I think they'll, they'll do some good things there. Okay. Time on the show now to take you uh, inside the plays from the most recent game with an assistant coach, highlighting some of the more interesting stuff that went on, assisted by our own Jerem Jordan of Sports Nation fame. This week, cornerbacks coach Janara Guilford takes us inside the film room. All right, certainly a challenge to uh, defend Antonio Gandy-Golden. So let's talk about how you did on Saturday. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So um, here we have our left corner, uh, 
playing a little bit of man, man technique here. Um, this is actually dying. Um, uh, he started giving us a, a little bit of trouble, and we have so much youth at the position, we have to move Dime back, back to corner mid-game. You can see him start from outside the numbers, and by the time he really makes his cut, he's already at the numbers. So that's pretty much a two or three yard inside stem, but Dine does a great job of staying square and not crossing over here. So as you can see, Dine still square, still square, and he's already made about a, a four yard inside, inside leverage, and Dine still square, so that puts him in perfect position to break, to break with him. So right now, Dine sees that he's going inside. He breaks inside with them, uses his offhand to make a play on the ball. His right hand secures the tackle. In the event that he does miss the ball and he catches it, he can still make the tackle. Okay, Gandy Golden had a nice game, but there were a variety of looks, some, sometimes one-on-one, -on -one where guys had to make a play. Yeah, here's D'Angelo on him here, man-to-man. -man. The thing I like about this as well is the shuffle here is not just his first step is not just crossing over expecting the vertical route, expecting the vertical route. So he kind of shuffles, opens up, reads the hips. So when his butt sits like he's going to sit in the trick, sit in the, a chair rather, we know that he can't run full speed right now. That's the sign that he's going to make a Absolutely. cut. So that's why it's, it's, it's so important for us to have great, great eyes. There's a little grabbing going on, but, you know, it's, if, if he's going to push us by, we can grab a little bit um, as long as we let go and play the ball. Okay, and last but not least with uh, Isaiah Heron. Isaiah, same, same, same type of deal. Like I said, the first shuffle, we always want to do that, that, first, that first shuffle, maybe even two, just to, just to prevent him from giving us an outside release and cutting back inside of us. But the moment we cross over and, and, bring, and bring that, and bring that, uh, that left foot and cross over our body, now he has a two-way go. He can cut back inside of us. You can see Isaiah getting ready to break down, but he goes vertical, and this is a key here. Anytime we get a double move, we want to collision the wideout. We have the right to run, run into him and stop his momentum. Mm. We have that right. So Isaiah does a great job here of stopping his momentum, and now he does an even better job of looking up and just playing the ball. I trusted our guys, um, especially um, Isaiah and D'Angelo. Um, I, felt, I felt that they had a good, a good um, matchup as far as uh, speed-wise and size-wise. Um, they, they did a good job of moving them around and getting them a certain matchup. Okay, well, uh, congratulations on the win, and uh, good luck against Idaho State Senior Day. Always an emotional day knowing uh, some of your guys are seniors. All the, all the seniors, we're, we're all so close, and I've had Diane since he was a freshman, even though he's playing safety, but who knows when he's coming back to me. Mid-game you may get him, who knows, right? Just that's, never a, know. that's how it works. A surprise. <laughs> okay, thanks for breaking it down, Jim. No problem. Appreciate thank it. All right, thank you, Coach Guilford and Jerem. For your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and, hey, it's Jerem Jordan again. Weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Riley Nelson joins the program tomorrow. I know him. When we come back, it's a look ahead to Saturday's Senior Day matinee. BYU and Idaho State and a deep new feature with Austin Lee. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Healing for life.
We are back for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Saturday's game day schedule looks like this. Cougar pregame live starts on BYU Radio at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is at 2 Eastern, followed by the game itself on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. And then postgame coverage on both as well. Well, Saturday, BYU is running a promotion for fans to honor tradition of the old knothole gang. Popular for several decades before Cougar Stadium was expanded in 1982, the knothole program offered kids under 14 a reduced price ticket and seating in the temporary bleachers in the north end zone. That ticket cost $1 per game back in the day. Now, Saturday, fans of all ages, anyone, can purchase a special knothole ticket for $10 by going to BYUtickets.com or check out the BYU Football social media accounts. You can find the link to the special seat offer there. And then you can see an example of what the old uh, knothole ticket passes look like. So, yeah, chance to get in for a little cheaper uh, cost and enjoy the game on Saturday. That's cool. I could have used that when I was a kid. <laughs> you just had to ride up on your bike and hope to just... Yep, and just beg the security people to let me in. <laughs> well, the Bengals of Idaho State, your next opponent. Uh, they're 3-7 and seven on the year. Uh, they're out of the FCS, of course. They're currently on a four-game losing skid. They give up a, a fair amount of points. You see their record there in league. Kalani, thoughts on what you've seen so far early in this week of the Bengals? Running back's a really good good back. I mean, he's uh, close to th- uh, 100 yards a game, you know, and I think Flanagan's his name. And, and, and uh, you know, they average around 400 yards a, a, a game as an offense and 240 in, in the air and 160 on the ground. So uh, I know that they, they cause havoc on, on defense. They do a lot of different looks, and uh, they bring a lot of pr- different pressures. So uh, we have to be ready for them, and, and we have to, you know, for us is just focus on us playing our game and, and, and doing what we, we do best, and that's on all three phases, you know. So uh, I think I know a lot of the coaches on their staff, they'll, they'll have their guys ready. This is a big moment for them, and uh, but no bigger than what it is for us and our seniors. There it is, the Bengals from up the road in the Pocatello making the trip to Provo, and BYU's never lost to Idaho State historically. BYU's never lost to an FCS team ever. Uh, BYU's 13-0 against FCS programs all time. So you've played one FCS game a year, every year, that you've been the head coach. How do you view uh, these particular games, the FCS, as relative to the overall season schedule, where it fits in all that? Well, you know, I coached in the FCS. I coached in Southern Utah, and we, we played these games, and that's, uh, that was something that was always big for us and wanted to see our, our players, how they matched up against the big boys, you know, and so, and to play in, in, at their home stadium in, in, in front, front of a bigger crowd. And uh, I know they'll be ready. They'll be amped up for this game. And I know they've seen it on the schedule being this late. And, uh, there's a lot of ties. There's a lot of connections from Idaho State. Pocatello's not too far, and so there's a lot of uh, in-state guys that are going to be coming back home and get to play in front of their families in, in Lavalle Stadium. So they'll, they'll be ready for this game. We're looking forward to the matchup. And uh, like I said, this is our senior game, senior uh, the last game for our seniors, and uh, last opportunity for us to play at home in front of our fans. And so it's important that we uh, do our best and that we perform at our best. BYU seniors being honored this weekend because it is senior day. 19 players are going to be honored overall. Some fans are really familiar with, some uh, they may not know a whole lot about, but uh, every senior is special to you for what the, the role they've played on uh, on your team and in this program. Yep, every one of them um, put put a lot of work and a lot of time and their sweat, blood, and tears into this program. And, and, and just uh, you know, looking forward to, to seeing them on that day. And, and uh, there's some that can't, aren't going to be able to play like Tyson and others that are injured. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully the guys on the field can, can do them right and make them proud and, and find a way to get a win. Now, there are a few seniors, Kalani, who are not playing their final game 
at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Injured players who have some more time to play, right? We're talking about guys like Zane Anderson and Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox. And those two guys on the right, we're going to see probably as soon as Saturday because they'll be able to actually finish out this year and then come back, right? Yep, and, and you know, we've been working with them um, for the last few weeks, uh, trying to get them ready for the, for the four games that they can play this season. And uh, I can confirm that Troy and Chris will play in this, this game this Saturday. So uh, what position? I don't know. I mean, Troy has been in the position where he can play both uh, safety and corner, and, and Chris is a predominantly a cornerback. And so... Uh, those guys will play, and how many refs, we'll see. But I, I think that gives us a lot of flexibility, what we can do. You heard, you saw Coach Guilford talk about a die-in and the things that he can do. So there's, there's a good chance you might see some mixture of backfield. But the, the fact that they bring tons of experience and, and um, a lot of game time experience in, to the field will be really important for us to see them out there and kind of work the freshmen with their leadership out on the field. Okay. You mentioned Tyson. He is a senior. Any sense of what his future might look like relative to more football, hopefully with BYU? Mm -hmm. Possible? Yeah, we're still trying our best, and then we want him here, and he wants to stay here. That's great. So uh, it's really up to the, you know, NCAA and other people that will allow it to happen. I think he has the the thought that he wants to finish finish his master's here at BYU, and that's really important to him. So he's doing great in school, and even with the surgery and the, the missing time that he had to go, he had a surgery done in Dallas, you know, but I think um, he's in really good spirits right now and, and really positive. He's, he's adding a lot of leadership and, and um, camaraderie to the team. And so that there's a huge purpose that we have for him. And number one, if, if we just need him to finish his degree and, and, and finish his master's. That would be most important. But it doesn't hurt that he's a really good football player. Too, yes, so. I'll say. He's, yeah. still your, he's still your rushing leader, by the way, for yardage on yeah. the year. Now yeah. that's probably going to go by the wayside this week. This is the week he gets passed up, I think. Yeah, but I mean, I think he, he would love to see uh, the other guys pass him up and, and get more yards, and that's, he's all about the team. I, I've, I've been really impressed with his, with his attitude, and that's for all the guys that, are, that aren't playing. Zane Anderson, the guys that have been hurt, even Troy and Chris before they could even uh, take the field, they've been great support to those young guys. Uh, you see all these freshmen stepping up and, and playing better, and the underclassmen, and it has a lot to do with the, the leadership and the upperclassmen taking them under their wing and mentoring them along the way. It is your final home game, but if you win it, uh, you're guaranteed to play three more games, uh, two in the regular season, and you will play in the postseason with win number six. This is the schedule that uh, you were given this year. You are now nine of 12 games through. We see what happens after Saturday on the road, back to Boston, Amherst to be precise, and then at San Diego State to finish the year. And then with a win, one more win, you know there's a bowl destination for you. So uh, to be bowl eligible for a third time in four years, what's the significance to you of that? Yeah, I think the main thing is just to get the win, you know, and then, and then that also has a, a lot attached to it. So uh, our, our guys, they have goals, and, and that's one of them is to get to a bowl game. And so there's a lot riding on this, but I think the number one factor is the, for the seniors and to, to perform at our best for them and the fans. And that's, that's the uh, – our guys love playing at home in front of the home crowd and – and I think they want to entertain them and, and give, give them something to be happy about. And so looking forward to doing that and then sending the seniors out the right, right way. And then everything else is just, is just icing on the cake. Icing on the cake with, uh, with extra you know, practices that coaches like and, yeah, and appreciate I, and all that stuff. We need those. I mean, we need the 15 practices. It helped us last year going to, the, um, you know, going to Idaho and, and playing that bowl game. And then I think this year it will be important to get that extra. It's, it's spring ball. Spring ball, you get 15 practices. And so... Uh, development. We're really big on developing our players, and 
we have a lot of return missionaries and others that we can really develop and use those 15 practices to help them come along. Okay, hope it all comes together Saturday afternoon. Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on the Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. As we head to break, we want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen, and a large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence in Marriott in Provo. Coming up after our break, the players describe what uh, running out of the tunnel at home feels like. And the coach takes your questions in studio and from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Saturday's Senior Day will mean, actually, the last time players get to enjoy a number of facets of a BYU game day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Among those things, the simple pleasure of emerging from the tunnel to take the field. It's a feeling that you, you never want to take for granted. Um, heart's pumping. Um, definitely emotions are at all-time high. Um, it's an experience you'll never forget. Um, it's incredible to run out and to have so many people cheering you. It just gives you goosebumps down the back of your neck. Um, it's, it's really something you, can, you can't feel anywhere else. It's an adrenaline rush. You see fireworks going off, the cannon going off. You got the fans right next to you right there running down the tunnel. You're just looking up, everything. I love it. It's just a joy. It's so emotional because, at least for me, like memories flash in my mind as I'm running through of all the hard work getting to that point. And then just taking a glance at the fans, it's like, this is so much bigger than me, than us as a team, and it impacts so many. How about you? Your thoughts on coming down the ramp out of that tunnel? Yeah, I just was never going to sprint out of it, but I try to conserve my energy. But I, it's just <laughs> one of those moments where you, you're right, you can't, um, you just can't simulate it, you know what I mean? And, and, and it, there's nothing like it. And once you go through it, it's just something you want to do over and over again. And I know those... The seniors will be really emotional because it'll be their last time, especially at home. It's, it's, a cool, it's a cool experience. Even from back in the day when you were playing, uh, any game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium was special and a great environment. But, you know, nowadays, the way that BYU's David Almodova and his marketing team do things up and everything else goes into it, it is, it is, a, it is a big deal now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's a, I mean, they do an amazing job, you know, with, with uh, uh, just giving that all-time experience for the players. But... Um, you kind of take it for granted the freshmen. You say the freshmen just, they, they just know they're going to be back again next year. And then you just, when you get to your senior year, you, you remember every one of them. And, and uh, this last one's going to be really fun to watch the, the seniors come out of it because you'll just never get to do that again. You know, running it out with alumni flag, that's awesome. That's a close second. But you're not going to have your pads on and running out there knowing that you're going to get ready to play a game. And, in front of your crowd, your family, and your friends. It's, it's such a cool feeling. It's going to be, uh, they say, sunny and maybe 50s and 1 o'clock kick on Saturday afternoon. Hey, that's, that's when I feel my best, if it, <laughs> 50 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Q&A time now on the Sitake Show. We've got a live audience and some social media questions queued up, and we'll start right here in the studio. We have, at the mic, Terry Bjarnson. Hello, Terry. Hello. Hello, Coach. How you doing, Terry? I have a family question for you. Okay. First, I'd like to shout out to my family in Kentucky who's watching this. My question for you, uh, on a game day, on a Saturday game day, after the game, with all the obligations that you have as a coach, press interviews, team meetings, obligations, what is it like for you when you go home and go through the door and meet your family? 
Oh, I just go back to being a dad and, and a husband. I, I take out the trash and wash the dishes. Probably take out the trash more like it. Washing dishes is not my favorite thing, but um, I just hang out with the family and, and uh, it's always hard the the late evening kickoffs because you you're just just w keep looking at the clock and keep looking at your watch trying to see when how much closer the game time is getting. But uh, just the sense of just can't wait for the game to get there. But um, life must move on, you know. You got other responsibilities, and those are the things that I enjoy the most is, is being a father and being a husband. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much no different than you. I mean, we're just I just go and yell at the refs in a few hours after. You know, taking out the trash and stuff like that. <laughs> Kalani, you've spent over the course of the three, three and a half hours, you've had the headset on. Every play is something you're involved with. It's really mentally taxing. A little bit of cooling off. Then you have some press and some media. What, what's your kind of decompression time to when the game kind of leaves you? Um, I can't sleep. I usually watch the film again and, and, um, and grade it and then um, take notes and then just see what time it is and go to bed. But I guess it's, I just get... I, I mean, my blood's pumping so much because of the game, and uh, it doesn't really matter the outcome. I just, I just want to find ways to get better and learn, and and see what we can do differently and do better as a team. So uh, that goes with a lot of the coaches. That that's that's uh, the night after the night of the game. After the game, it's it's not like it's easy to go to sleep even after you win. It just you want to keep getting better and find ways to to improve. Social media now for Coach uh, from Instagram, J. Matthew Evans asking, what uh, do you have any pre- and or post-game rituals that you do? And if so, what are they, if you can share a ritual? Oh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of superstitions, you know, but I, I did when I was younger, but when I was a player, I, I always had to put my, uh, my socks and my shoes left foot first. So, but now as a coach, I... It's not about me. I, I do eat a lot of Skittles before the game, <laughs> candy, and and try to hydrate at the same time. I don't just I'm just so busy and just it seems like that hour before the game takes forever. And I talked to you. That's that's tradition. That's yeah, a super we have a little ritual going yeah. on. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because I think you you allow you let me to you're waiting to see what I say at the end, and if we if we win, I want to say the same thing over and over again, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like a natural superstition. So we got that going. For you us. do. Yeah, and but you, other than that, I just. Uh, the game's not going to come down to whether or not I wear my hat backwards or anything, <laughs> but I do like wearing a royal blue hat. Okay, yeah, that's very true. Uh, the Skittles thing is interesting. You're the you're the coaching version of Marshawn Lynch. Uh, no, I just it doesn't it, it doesn't matter if it's if it's sugar, I'm going to eat yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so and that's yeah. Yeah, I, I saw you. I saw what you brought into the booth after the game <laughs> this last game. Uh, Ava Thompson is uh, is at the mic. Hello, Ava. Hi. How do you celebrate Thanksgiving in the middle of it's football season? Okay, so that would be Thursday, so we eat a lot, just like everyone else. We just don't play um, football like everybody else does. We, we practice, so we'll, we'll, um, most of our guys will go with um, family members and they'll bring teammates that, that uh, are from out of state and, and we'll have people at our house. And so um, that's, it's a, we'll just try to practice early in the morning while everybody's out playing football and pulling their hamstrings with their families. We'll, <laughs> we, we'll actually practice and get ready for I think San Diego State will be that week. So, yeah. But, yeah, we still do a, a fair amount of eating and napping. <laughs> and Thanksgiving week, um, come, it fall, the, the game will be San Diego State, right, mm -hmm. on the weekend? I think so, weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Good uh, question, Ava. Yeah, thanks, Ava. All right, uh, let's uh, head to our break by telling you that we've got some other sports to talk about. Uh, the men's basketball team tomorrow night hosting Southern Utah at the Marriott Center. 
9 o'clock Eastern time and a 6 o'clock Pacific start, so 7 o'clock here in the Mountain Time Zone. And then Friday night, NCAA Tournament time for Jen Rockwood's BYU Cougars, the only undefeated team in the country. Kalani taking on yeah. Boise State in the first round at Southfields. Be wild. There's going to be a lot of people there, right? So everyone show up and cheer on the Cougars. It, that's a, I think that's, that's a great seed for them, two seed. So I, I think Coach Rockwood and, and the young ladies will be able to get going. Right on. Coming up, Austin Lee's football and family balance is at the heart of tonight's Deep Blue. And we visit in studio with senior wide receiver Talon Shumway. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on BYU TV, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Time for a look at our Cougars in the NFL, Week Ten. Fred Warner, ten tackles, two sacks, and a, uh, he forced a fumble last night in that Monday Night Football game, crazy game. Seahawks won it in overtime. Jamal Williams, 13 carries, 63 yards for the Packers and their win in the snow against Carolina on Sunday. Daniel Sorensen, part of that crazy loss to Tennessee. Mm. And Taysom Hill had passing, rushing, and receiving yards for the New Orleans Saints on the weekend. Well, one of the 19 seniors being honored this Saturday is a player who began his college playing career for Kalani Sitake's old team up the road. Austin Lee is now true blue. And tonight... We get to know him better in this week's feature we call Deep Blue. The whole recruiting process was different in high school. Growing up, you're really interested in the state schools that are around here. Utah was obviously one of the first schools that came into the picture. So when they offered, I, I committed right away. Just always thought that he would be a great player there, you know. And, and um, I think when I left, he went on a mission, came back, and... It wasn't working out for him there. It was different from what I, I felt in the recruiting process. That was difficult for him. And then on top of that, we were first married and then we were expecting our first kid. So everything was challenging. For a while, I was actually thinking about transferring. And finally, I just was talking to my coach and I was like, you know what, I just, I just don't feel comfortable here. It's not a good fit for me. And they wouldn't release me. You, know, you have to get a release to be able to contact other schools. And so not having that release, I actually had to go to Salt Lake Community College to earn an associate's degree. And once I was able to go there, earn my degree, uh, that release didn't matter as much. And so it was a hardship because here I was used to being on scholarship at Utah. I wasn't used to no income, so I had to go get a job. I was still trying to train with a very supportive wife. I think anyone who's in love with someone loves to see them happy and be successful in what they want and desire. It was, it was a very hard time financially, but I've never been so close to my family. It's a different type of feeling being here at BYU after experiencing all that. I think anytime we can take a JC transfer from Slick, it's a, that's a big pickup for us, you know, given they don't have a football program or anything. Quick fire and it is intercepted. Austin Lee, far side. I say this a lot. Anytime as a, as a football player, you have to experience those types of things. You know, his first opportunity didn't work out the way he, he thought and then had to overcome a couple obstacles just to get here. Uh, anytime uh, you have to go through those obstacles or those hurdles, I think it makes you a dangerous player. 
uh, because of the sacrifices and the extra time you've had to put in to get where you're at. Those types of players tend to appreciate the opportunity more had they not had to experience. Just really thankful that we got him here. So it's interesting how things work. Not many college athletes or anyone on this team actually has two kids. It's different, but it's and unique, but it's a blessing in our lives. Balancing life with Austin and football can be challenging. Let's go! But it's so fun that we get to be a part of it, and we're grateful that they are so open to families here at BYU because we feel like part of the team too. His kids have you know, 122 uncles on the team. Ledger's uh, three and a half years old and Romy's about one and a half and uh, Ledger's something else. Uh, he's, he's, he's our boy and he's, he's crazy. He loves BYU football. He loves to come and he, loves to see, he knows the whole BYU fight song. He will tell Austin sometimes that his favorite player is like Zane or Troy or Micah and I think it does kind of eat at Austin but he knows that he loves his dad the most. <laughs> Again, it's, it's hard not to notice the relationship that he has with his family, especially his kids as well. I mean, when we're in the locker room celebrating after wins, you know, he's, he's got his son in there dancing with the team, you know, and his really, I think the, all the players enjoy uh, Ledger a lot more than they enjoy Austin, you know. He's kind of like, he's the real MVP. He's got a, um, a lot he's playing for, for more than himself, and I think that's one of the reason, uh, reasons why our guys resonate with him so much because they see how much he cares about this game and, and you know, things other than himself. And so just been really, really happy to be here while he's here, to watch him play and the plays he's made and the passion he has for the game. So the way I balance, you know, school, uh, football, and life is I had to really learn to be present in what I do. Be at football when you're at football and be at home when you're at home. I try to get my stuff done and be present so that I can be present at home and be as supportive as a father and as a husband as I can. It's fun just to see all his teammates and his position group really embrace, you know, his son and his, his daughter and his, and his family. Because that's what we are, right? That's, that's what we're always trying to preach is that we're family and him and that the, the, his teammates together have, have really uh, taken that to a whole new level just with how involved uh, his family is with our program. I really love these features. Uh, they're so well done to begin with, but then there's great subject matter. Uh, to talk about the life of Austin Lee, it's, uh, it's great to get to know him a little better and see what kind of player and leader and husband and daddy is. You've got a lot of good guys uh, on your program. We do, and, and uh, I'm just, he's one of the seniors, you know, it's sad to see him go, but I think he's, the, the, the impact he's left on our program has been huge for us, and, and uh, the impact he's left on our underclassmen is going to be great. And what a, I mean, we have a lot of great young men that, that have, um, you know, that, that have uh, families, and, and whether they're married or have kids. And so when our players see that the, their families, you know, they're away from their families when they when they get to see guys like Ledger, and they they want to just embrace them and thank them for allowing their their husband or their you know, their, their father to be there with us. And so it's a great feeling to have him part of our program. And I know the fans appreciate his playmaking ability, but you can see that, that he's so grounded and he knows what's important in life. And he is a big-time playmaker for sure. All right, another senior uh, getting his final run out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is a player who's only 34 receiving yards away from becoming the 65th player 
in BYU football history to hit the 1,000-yard mark through the air. Please welcome in wide receiver Talon Shumway. Good to have you here. It's good to be here. You did not come alone. You brought uh, you brought your wife, did you not? I I brought my wife. Where is she? She actually brought me. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, <laughs> uh, where is she? There she is. And what's her name? Cassidy. How long have you been married? Almost four years. Wow. My whole career. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out. Uh, so with 25 catches this season, you've already tied your your single season high, so you'll set a new one for sure. Uh, you had your fourth career touchdown earlier in the season. And, uh, and for, if you have to have one touchdown at this point, it was a pretty memorable one, right? Definitely memorable, yeah. <laughs> Talk us through this one and what it meant at the time. We're in overtime here, right? Yeah. At Tennessee on the checker. You, you caught a touchdown on the checkerboard. It was pretty cool, and that's, <laughs> that's how I knew I was in. Uh, I landed on that. So, yeah, that was fun. See, at first, I wasn't sure, actually. But. Where you were. In a lot of ways, it seems like a long time ago. In a lot of ways, it seems like yeah. just like last weekend. Uh, it, it put, that puts you at one and one on the year, kind of a bounce back win, second game of the year. You guys have been through a lot this year, haven't you? Since then, yes, <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of every season, uh, regardless of how the season begins or ends. Like there's going to be up and down uh, throughout the entire season. So that was definitely an up. And you have to let it really all the time. You have to let it play out. You really can't make any judgments about who you are or what you are, what the team is, until you've actually played it all. Right. Right. Hey, um, receivers get headlines for catching, as we know. Uh, they rarely get the headlines for blocking. That's a big part of your game. Um, how much pride do you take in, in that, that actual component of your game? Yeah, I take pride in something. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually a part of the game I enjoy uh, and something I'm going to miss. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's the violence of the game that I, that I like, but definitely the contact. Um, I do love blocking. Uh, so that's, that's been a fun part of my career. It's not over yet. There's a little... A little bit of juice left in the body to to take a few more beatings. Kalani, as, as 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 good a receiver as he is, the physical part of it, the blocking part of it, is a big deal and, and a big part of who he is on the field for you, right? It is. And, and, and last two, t- we're going to take a look at two touchdowns the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's a reason why he's out there for that play because he's he's accountable to, and he he likes the physical part of it, and um, that's. He does the little things. If you if you want to watch somebody play football with their all their heart, uh, watch Talon Shumway, and it doesn't he doesn't need the ball. And but the, he's been like that um, throughout his whole career. He's he's he won't brag about himself, but he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen in in, in, in recruiting. I remember watching him in a basketball game, uh, at Lone Peak, and he played with uh, a bunch of really good players. But the one I noticed the most was him and and his def, the, the way that he was able to defend people and. Uh, he, he, he was probably, to me, the one of the most impressive athletes on the, on the court at that time. And, and that's around some really good scores and rebounders and things like that. But he, he could also fly and, and dunk the ball and jump. But it was the little things that he did that, were, that was all so inspiring for me. And why I really liked him is, is seeing the, the way he defended and the way that he hustled. The little things that a lot of people take for granted, he was always accountable. And that's why I know why Fessy and the other coaches really appreciate it, and the players appreciate what he does on and off the field. He's a guy that will give you everything he's got. And I'm just thankful that Cassie lets us have him, you know, as much as we can because uh, he's put his whole body, literally put his whole body in this program. And, and uh, he should be really proud of the things that he's done on and off the field. Well, he may not brag about himself, but that's why we have others to do it for him. And this was what to your OC, Jeff Grimes, 
had to say about you and your game yesterday on the Coordinator's Corner broadcast. There's not anyone on our team that gives any more than him on a daily basis. You know, he's got all sorts of injuries. He kind of looks like the bionic man when he comes out to practice some days. It takes him a little while to get going, but um, just his unbelievable toughness and competitiveness, not only catching the ball, but blocking. So to that, to that note, uh, Talon, the physical component or the physical toll maybe a season takes when you're in it do you simply say you know I'll, I'll recover in the off season how do you approach your kind of week to week getting ready that way uh, it's just a honestly it's just a day-to-day thing um, and it's part of it you know uh, it's just stuff to deal with and uh, I've been lucky that um, there have been t- there's definitely been times that I've questioned my ability in the morning when I get up, and, and Cass can attest to that. Um, or all the times that, you know, Sunday mornings, she's tying my shoes or helping me get my shirt on or something. So there's days like that, but uh, that's just part of it. And I've been really fortunate to never have season ending injuries or anything other than just a little bit of pain to deal with. So um, I've been more fortunate. Than most other players, I feel. Keep hanging in there. A few weeks ago, uh, you're 2-4 and four as a team. Bowl eligibility is kind of murky at that point, not a sure thing. What got you from there to 5-4 and four to where one more win and you know you're going to be playing in the postseason to finish it out the right way? Um, for me, I, uh, to be honest, what was on my mind was uh, bowl eligibility because at that point, you know, we have goals we were trying to uh, reach the whole season, and that was one of them. And, um, I just felt like it was something that was being lost in the mix among the players. And so that week, um, I remember I went out on, on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and, and I just started asking people, uh, like, like why, why do you want to win this, mm. this week? And, and just kind of gauging what was going on. And I'd, I'd tell people, like, I want to win because I want to be bowl eligible. Um, so for me, that was what kind of, like, got the, got the fire relit and then, I mean, it's not the only thing. It's definitely not the only thing. You you want to win because you're competitive and you want to win. But um, sometimes you got to find something to uh, something to to help you rise up. And uh, I think um, other guys on the team made it really easy uh, to to follow um, like their example of, of how much work they were putting in, how much they believed in in us getting back on track. So uh, we were able to do it and. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta keep getting better and, and staying on track. Once upon a time, you were a two-sport superstar at Lone Peak High School. As that young high schooler, to now as a senior at BYU, how do you look back on these last seven or eight years of your life, where you've been, and where it's taken you? They've definitely gone by in a flash. Uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't jump as high as I used to, <laughs> uh, or I, I, I might be faster. Maybe <laughs> I'm definitely fatter. Uh, <laughs> It's it's something that like I I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't take it all in right now. I think it's going to be have to be something that just has to be drawn out over a long period of time. Like it's going to take a long time to look back. Uh, but I'm not looking back yet. There's there's nothing to look back on yet. Uh, you know I I've got you know a couple games left to play in my life, and so that's that's all I care about. Um, and then after that, then I'll, I'll look back and I'll do something else. Okay. You, you've got a senior day to enjoy first, though, too. I hope you get your most out of Saturday. 
Yeah. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you. Okay, hang out there with us. Appreciate it. Folks, you can break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review. It aired earlier tonight and is on demand on the BYU TV app. You can watch it tomorrow morning on BYU TV as well at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific time. Did you know you can have your groceries waiting for you to be picked up or better yet dropped off at your front door? It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time. Shop online. As we go to break, this week's trivia question. This player from the state of Idaho stands in fourth place on BYU's career total offense list. Who is he? We'll tell you after our final break. All right, so BYU's playing Idaho State this Saturday, so we have this question. This player from the state of Idaho stands in fourth place on BYU's career total offense list. Who is he? As Kalani and you all know, it's Jason Hill. Yeah. Yes, of course. Just a Pocatello, though. We got it easy. <laughs> we are back with more BYU football with Kalani Sitake, and we, are, we have the game, this week's game day schedule for you as well. Uh, game day looks like this. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff comes on right at 2 Eastern. Followed by the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're all doing it together this weekend with post-game coverage coming up as well for you. All right, so it's BYU and Idaho State, but it is Senior Day. We've hit on it a little bit earlier, but um, do you remember your Senior Day? I do, yep. What what stands out to you? Uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium being named after him, right? And so that was the first game that was named um, Lavelle Edwards Stadium and played New Mexico. New Mexico. And um, I didn't score a touchdown, but I made some blocks and... (laughs) And we won, and I had a, a great time. I just remember, I just remember everything from the uh, just going out on the field, um, and you know the moment walk my last uh, walking off the field. I remember that, and and you know our talent and the other seniors remember walking off the field. It was just it'll never be the same. But um, he should be proud. Like I said, Talon's done a lot of things for this program. Should be proud of what he's done on that field. And off. Okay. Kalani, thank you. Talon, thank you. And Cass, thank you. And we'll see you all next week. To request seats for next week's show, go to BYUCougars.com slash Shiitake Show. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. For Jerem Jordan, David Holiday, Kalani, and Talon, I'm Greg. So long. Go Cougs. See ya.